Hey, this is Lily Barouette, co-pastor of Live Church, and this is our podcast. Our mission is to awaken the drive, compassion, and love in our community. Together, we can live in victory every day. Here's today's message. So before we begin, I just want to pray us in. Um, dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for being with us tonight. Thank you so much for just being my strength when I am weak. Thank you so much for your love. Abba, I ask, Lord, that your love would just be in this house and we would just feel it like never before. I ask, Lord, that we would just feel your loving arms around us, Father. For you said we are precious to you and you love us. I pray, God, that tonight, that every moment we know how precious we are in your sight, Abba, Father. And I just pray, God, that we just focus on you, God. Help us to fix our thoughts on what is true and honorable and right. And you are the truth, the way, and the life. So thank you, Jesus, so much for everything that you're going to do. Okay. All right. So we're going to be reading the word. (laughs) I'm a very intellectual person, you could say. Like, I love having the word of God. It lets me know what my father is saying. So you already know what time it is, Live Church. We're going to do our Bible jingle. So... (laughs) Everyone repeat after me. I pledge allegiance allegiance to the Bible, Bible. God's holy word. word. I will make it a lamp unto my feet feet. and a light unto my path. path. I will hide its words in my heart that I I might not sin against God. Okay. So... If you have your Bibles or if you have your digital Bibles, we are going to be reading from the book of John chapter 1. And I'm going to read it. So, y'all, we are going to digest the word tonight. You may have a seat. (laughs) We are going to digest the word tonight and really dive, dive deep. Okay. So I'm going to read chapter 1 all the way to verse 5. All right. In the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God, and the word was God. So here we witness that there was already a creator that was already here, like before everything, like before animals, before Um, us humans before everything like he was already here but then if we really look closely it says that and the word was God so we see here that the creator had somebody else with him and it says that he was God and when I looked up the definition of God on Google it says that God is a supreme being so now verse 2 he Pay attention. He existed in the beginning with God. So we see here that it says he, which is a human male. So for all the songs out there saying God is a woman, like don't listen to that. They clearly skipped over this part. Okay, so I'm sorry, Abba, on behalf of all of them. So it says, I'm going to read verse 3 now. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except 
through him. So if y'all go to like, I'm just going to read it for you guys, by the way. But if we go to Genesis um, chapter 1, verse 3, it says, Then God said, let there be light. So he said, he spoke it into existence, like it became words. So we could see here that light was created through the word. Now let's take a look at verse 4. The word gave life to everything that was created. So yeah, it gave, it gave um, life to light. And his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. So we're going to look at how that came into flourishing, how the word became life. I'm going to take you guys to the book of Matthews, okay? And I am going to be reading from Matthew chapter 1, and I'm just going to paraphrase it. This is my version, okay, y'all? I'm very goofy, so, yeah. So here we see in chapter 1, um, they introduced us to two couples, well, one couple. Um, their names are Mary and Joseph. Now, Mary and Joseph, nobody really knew them, you know. They had, like, their friends and their family, but that was it. So they were actually preparing to, they were engaged and they were preparing to get married. One day while Mary was sleeping, the Holy Spirit tapped gently on her shoulders because, you know, God is so sweet. Like, he's not, like, aggressive or anything like that. So he gently tapped on her. And, oh, by the way, the Holy Spirit, he is God as well. So there's three Godheads in one. So while Mary was sleeping one night, God was like, hello, my beautiful daughter. Remember Jeremiah 29, verse 11, for I know the plans I have for you. Yeah, well, it's time, to, it's time for one of those plans to come into existence. So the Holy Spirit is like so ecstatic, like talking to Mary. So he's like, so by my power, I am going to put a child in you who's actually God himself. Yep, he's going to be the savior of the whole world. Can you trust me, daughter? And don't worry about your future hubby. I got everything under control. So Mary's like sitting there like, oh my gosh, like what the heck? Just like what is going on? You know, she's trying not to stress. So she just responds to God. This is her reaction. She's like, you know what, Lord? Your word says to trust in the Lord with all my heart and to not lean into my own understanding. So I'm going to trust you, daddy. I'm going to trust you. So then she went back to sleep. And so comes the next day. So the next day, her and Joseph, they meet up. And Joseph is looking at her all crazy, like, what the heck, what the heck happened to you? Like, she's over here pregnant. Like, he's like, what, how did you hide that from me? Like, this whole time you were like, thoughting it and I didn't know, like, who are you? Like, he's just going crazy in his mind. He's like, oh my gosh, I picked the wrong one. This lady is not faithful. Yo, he was stressed out. He was angry. So much so that in his mind that he was thinking about calling it quits. He was like, I'm going to divorce her. They said, um, and Matthew, that he was like a nice guy. So he didn't want to publicly do that. So he was just going to, 
you know, sleep on it and tell her like the next day or whatever. So they parted their ways and Mary's like, you know what? I'm not even gonna let his demonos get to me. I'm just gonna keep, I'm gonna have faith in my father. You know what I mean? Like I'm gonna just, just trust in the Lord. So Joseph goes to sleep. And then here comes God. So, and he goes to sleep. So while he's sleeping, God sent a messenger angel to him to confirm everything. And I'm going to read what the angel said. <clears throat> so the angel said, Joseph, son of David, <laughs> do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And Joseph's like, wow, man, she was not lying. Like, I made the right choice. You know, he's happy. And um, by the way, that's where the, like, Jesus, I was like, God, what does your name mean? Like, what does Jesus mean? But over here it says Jesus means, like, the Lord who saves, basically. So Joseph then, like, he's like, okay, bet. Like, I'm just going to continue with this engagement, and he's going to obey the Lord's instructions. And that's what he did. So he went to Mary. He was like, I'm sorry, baby. I should have trusted you, you know, like, you know, apologizing to her. And then they went on their merry way. Okay. So now I'm going to give y'all Jesus' life synopsis. So Jesus, he was born in the city of Bethlehem in the land of Judah, he was such a miraculous baby that, like, he was so, such a part, like, so set apart that his birth alone drew thousands of people to come and worship him. Like, can you imagine that? Like, a baby and somebody coming to worship? Like, if I was Mary, I would have been like, okay, God, I trust you. Like, oh, God. like, you know, they're just like, hallelujah, hallelujah. Like, I would have been freaked out. But, you know, like, God had to set him apart because, you know, he's the savior. So if we go to Matthew chapter 2, it talks about how there was some wise men that came all the way. Okay, let's say this is Florida, right? They came all the way from like Manchester. Manchester oh, I can't say it. I'm just, yeah, that. They came, they came all the way from there, right? They saw Jesus a star, they saw his star on the in the sky, and they literally like followed the star, and they went to worship and give this baby gifts. And while they were there, they referred to Jesus as the King of the Jews. Okay, so then word just began to spark all over town. They're like, "Oh my God, the Messiah is here!" You know, everybody's happy. They're like, "Finally, man! Like, yes, the Savior of the whole world is here." But then there was a king, a nasty king. This king was named Harold. And I don't know how he got his position. I don't know why the people voted for him. But listen, he was filled with jealousy. Like, he was like, what? A king? I'm the only king here. You know, like, who is, who is this baby? So he ordered all his men to literally go and search for this baby to like, he basically ordered his men to kill every baby 
from like the age of one to like newborn. Like that's that's disgusting. And to be honest with you, while I was reading this, I was like, wow, like you really was trying to kill somebody who was dying for your sins. Like he's trying to pull you out of that jealousy. You know what I mean? Like, dang, he was so deep in there. So Jesus, he was half human and half God. <clears throat> I need to drink some water. I'm sorry, y'all. Hold on. So Jesus was half human and half God, and he had emotions just like us. Like, he hurt like us. Like, if he fell down, he would have cried. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he experienced life just like us. He grew up healthy and strong and was filled with wisdom. So as Jesus got older, he started getting revelation from his father, which is God. And little by little, God was revealing to him his purpose and why he had sent him down to earth. So one day, God basically told him, like, your purpose is to be the light of this world, according to John chapter 8, verse 12. It's to restore humankind's broken relationship back to the Father by dying for everyone's sin. Jesus was so ecstatic. He was so ready, y'all. Like, he loves us so much that he was like, yes, I can't wait. Yes, now I could bring them back to me. You know, he was just joyful that he actually got in trouble one day by his parents. So he was so eager to learn and teach about the kingdom of heaven that he stayed behind in Jerusalem in the temple among the religious, leader, religious leaders while his parents were in Nazareth. Like they were looking for this boy for three days. Like Mary's like, oh my God, I done lost the savior, Lord, I'm sorry. She's over there like praying to God, like God, I'm so sorry, man. I done lost God, like, I don't know where he is. And you know, God and all his goodness, he led them to where Jesus was. So if I was married, though, I would have, I'm sorry, God, I would have whooped your behind. I'm sorry, because you, you scared me, you know what I mean? So, so this is what Jesus replied to Mary. Don't you know I'm about my father's business? Now, when he said that, I would have been like, I mean, yeah, but like, you, you worry me, you know what I mean? Like, you my child too, come on now, you feel me? But I put that in there because I just love that verse. Like every night, well not every night, but I pray, that's like one of the cries of my heart for me to be about my father's business. Like, God, I wanna serve you so bad, like, you know? And afterwards, he was obedient to his parents because he wouldn't be God if he wasn't because the Bible says you have to honor thy father and thy mother, so. Yeah. So the next thing that I wanted to talk to you all about is the law. Basically, the law came from the Old Testament, and it is a set of instructions, commands, decrees, and regulation that God gave Moses on Mount Sinai to teach his people so that they may be in right standing with God according to Exodus 24, verse 12. And it's found in different parts of the Bible, like Leviticus, Numbers, Genesis, yeah. People would literally have to sacrifice animals, jewelry, at times as a sin offering to the Lord. Like, can you imagine getting a brand new Mercedes Benz and the Lord is like, oh, remember yesterday when you lied? Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna need you to sacrifice that. I'm gonna need you to give me that, because, mm-mm. Like, I would have been tight. <laughs> so before Jesus, people couldn't be in the presence of the Lord without first being cleansed of all their sins. 
Some people would die like on sight because the glory was so powerful. Like, geez. The just requirement of the law was righteous standing with God. He saw that the sin offering wasn't going to suffice, so he sent Jesus as a sin offering, which is why I'm telling you about the law, because back then, like, they needed to do all this thing. They needed to sacrifice so much. But now, because Jesus sacrificed himself, we don't need to do all that. So I'm very grateful for that, honestly. Yeah. In Acts 13, verse 39, it says, Everyone who believes in him is declared right with God. That's something the law of Moses could never do. So all you got to do is literally believe in the Father, and you are made right with him. Okay, this is my favorite part. All right, so now we're going to talk about one of the most precious encounters. It is Jesus and the Samaritan woman. Give me a second. I need to get to that page. Okay. So I'm basically going to um, paraphrase this chapter to you all. So Jesus, he left Judea to return to Galilee, and he had to go through Samaria. Now, when I was looking at that map, and when I was researching, like, how long it would take him, like, literally they were saying, like, six days or, like, it was just so long. Like, it took him, like, let's say approximately, like, seven hours, so... My daddy's feet was tired, okay? So much so that he decides to stop in this village called Sakar, Sahar, yeah, Sahar, which Jacob's well was there. So Jesus decided to just lay there, and he was like, you know, he's very strategic. Like, he knows what he was doing. Like, he's God. So he was like, you know, I'm just going to sit here. And so... A few seconds later, there was this nice woman who comes in. She's minding her own business, you know. She's like, got to get some water, you know, like I'm thirsty or whatever. And then Jesus is like, perfect, she's here, you know, because he was waiting for her. So then he decides to spark a conversation with her. He was like, can you please give me some water? Like, when I read that, I'm like, bro, you're God. Like, you waited this whole time for her. Like, you literally could have drunk you know, you could have made water appear, like, right then and there, but he didn't because he wanted this conversation with his daughter. So the woman is looking at Jesus very puzzled. She's like, like, her demono started showing up. She's like, who is he talking to? Like, like what? Like, you talking to me? Because if we read, like, back then, like, the Samaritans and the Jews, they hated each other. So already this lady, like, you could tell she was going through a lot. Like, she, and one of the things was rejection, because she's like, why is this man who is a Jew, who, like, why is he talking to me? So she asked him, she's like, why are you asking me for water? And this is what Jesus replied. So Jesus was like, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. So when, she, when he said that, the lady is looking at him like, 
what what are you talking about living water like there's a well right here like she just starts she just starts to defend Jacob's well she's like do you know what this well has provided for Jacob and his herds and his family like what do you mean the water that you give is is much better than his and then Jesus is like Jesus is like anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again but those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. And so remember this lady, like she's been through a lot. She's like, oh my gosh, like the way he described it, it sounds so satisfying, like bubbling, like, oh my gosh, like I want this water. So she's like, Jesus, like give me some of this water so I don't have to come in this well and dig up water. I don't have to do none of that. Like I want this water. So then Jesus, you know, he says this in in a loving way. He's like, okay, I'll give you some of this water. But first, go get your husband. And then the lady is like, ah, dang, like, husband, I don't, I don't have a husband. And then he's like, you're right, you had five husbands. And the man who you're with now, that you're actually living with him, is not your husband. And so the lady's like, whoa, like, how did you know this about me? Like, are you some type of prophet? And then later on, we find out that Jesus basically revealed to her that he's the Messiah. And, you know, the lady gets delivered. Like, she gets free. She encounters the Father's love. Because if we really think about it, like, this lady, she was searching. She literally had five husbands, like, dang, like, probably in the span of, like, a whole year, and she was searching, she was searching, we don't know what happened to her, she probably could have gotten abused while she was a child, her parents probably didn't give her enough love, she probably got molested by an uncle or her father, we don't know what happened to her, but this lady was searching for love, and it's crazy because the person she was like trying to fill those, that void in her heart that basically only God can fill. And so God basically delivered her like in that moment. Like he filled her up with his love. Like he's like, bro, I'm like, it's like, I'm the puzzle that you, the missing puzzle that you were looking for. Like you can't find no love in these men. You can't find no love in drinking. Like it is me. So then this lady, she becomes like the the best like evangelist in her town and she brings people to Jesus. Now, I told you guys that story because, you know, I like to relate to things and um, much like this lady, like I was searching and God told me to be vulnerable tonight, so I'm gonna be vulnerable. Um, So, these are like my six husbands. And to be honest with you, like, you don't, it doesn't have to be like that lady where it's an actual individual, but maybe it's like things that you are dealing with. Maybe it's things that you are putting your focus on rather than f- focusing on Jesus. So these are my six husbands. So 
mind battles. I condemn myself like every chance I get. Fear, insecurities, pride, and doubt. And then tonight, I really want us to ask God, like, I want us to ask God to search our heart and to remove everything that offends us, like, offends him. Anything and everything that is keeping us away from, like, receiving the love of the Father, you know, I want us to take a moment and ask God to just reveal to us what it is, because Honestly, like the lady, even though, okay, how should I put this? Jesus? So she was looking and she was searching and like the Messiah, she was so focused on like, you know, what she's been through in the past. The fact that she's with this no good dude who was probably cheating on her on the first place. Like she's like so focused on everything else that the Messiah was in front of her and she did not even perceive that. Just maybe like today, like, you know, there's some things that we're dealing with that is keeping us from focusing on God's love. So, honestly, like, writing this sermon, I don't know, like, I'm over here talking, and it, like, I guess I'm confident right now, but I went through a lot. Like, I'm the type of person who, like, doubt everything about myself like I don't know well actually I do know like when I was growing up like nobody really believed in me and like I remember I would be doing like schoolwork, and my dad would just he wasn't patient with me and I was just like very scared to learn and because of that like Everything that I put my mind to, like, sometimes I would, like, half-heartedly do it. But then other times I would, like, give up. I'm like, yo, God, like, why did you choose me to do my sermon, like, again? Like, I thought I gave you my all the last time. You know, everybody's saying that I was up here for, like, five minutes or whatever. And I'm like, yo, like, I literally spent so many hours doing that first sermon what do you mean God like I'm like well maybe like I can't do this anymore like you got the wrong individual like I was just like down for three days literally just crying in my bed like bro like literally I was like calling myself stupid like all I kept hearing is like my insecurities and like I was just like bro like you got the wrong person like I am the wrong one like (laughs) You know, just doubting myself. And I want to tell you guys of two instances. So when I was actually focused on my mind battles, when I was actually focused on my fears, on like my doubts or what the enemy was throwing at me, like, like I was literally just down. Like I couldn't, I couldn't do anything because I was so focused on what I couldn't do. But then I hear, like, the Lord, like, when I was down, bro, all I could hear is, you could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so, like, I am up here today because of his grace, because I'm letting him move through me. I'm like, God, whatever, like, you could do whatever you want, like, just glorify yourself, because at the end of the day, I need you, like, I need you every moment, I need you every second, like, okay, if I think I'm dumb or whatever, but your word says 
that I am wonderfully and fearfully made. So y'all, I got up and I wrote this sermon. <laughs> and I'm just letting him use me. And the second instance I wanted to let you guys know is, okay, so I've been practicing on just growing my compassion. So I went to like this homeless, um, I guess I could say like this homeless, not really a shelter, but like a soup kitchen. And, you know, just trying to like love the people of God. So when I went there, I had my AirPods, right? I had them in my pocket. I had one AirPod in and the other one was in my pocket along with the case. So I'm with the people, you know, like, you know, just trying to spread the love of God, like talking to them or whatever, stepping out of my comfort zone. And we were just having a jolly old time. So then it comes my time to like clock out and leave. And I'm like, I'm driving home, you know, I'm like, yo, God, this is so great. Yeah, I didn't get to see the homeless people today because um, when, like, let's say I had one at like 8 o'clock and the shelter opened at like 10 and I left at 9, so I didn't get to see them. I was like, you know, God, even though I didn't get to see them, it's okay because at least I was able to pray over the food. At least I was able to just be in the environment, you know what I mean? So then as I'm driving home, you know, just like praising the Lord or whatever, just talking to God, I get home, I park my car, I go inside my house, and I'm like, wait, <laughs> where's my AirPods, yo? Like, those things cost me so much. They're like 173 or whatever, almost $200. I'm like, yo, where's my AirPods? And so I'm like, Louise, just relax, just relax. You know, I'm trying to like practice on like my, not practice, but I'm trying to not let my anxiety get to me. So I was there like, you know what, God, you know what? I'm just, you know, I'm going to find it. I'm going to find it. So I searched all over my house. I did not find my AirPods. I searched in my car. I did not find my AirPods. And I'm like, oh, heck no. <sighs> I was so mad. So then... I drove to the place once again, and I'm like, God, like, I'm just going to, like, I literally searched everywhere, and I could not find my AirPods, and literally the people over there was helping me, and nobody saw my AirPods, but you know what, I was like, you know what, whatever, God, I'm just going to stay in your presence, because at this church, we go by, I guess you could say a slang, but nothing matters but the presence of God. So I'm there like, you know what, God, I'm just going to stay in your joy. I'm going to stay in your peace. I'm not going to let anxiety get to me, you know. So that's what I did. Like, oh, my gosh, let me tell y'all, when I did that, like, I experienced this joy. I was like, yo, like, I began to talk to the homeless people and just begin to, like, show them that I care. Like, I was just so happy. And I was so at peace. Like, I was not thinking about or focused on what I was going through. Like, I was just like, you know what, God, whatever. I was like, Daddy, can I just ha have the $200 again? And he was like, of course, yes, because the word says he will supply my needs. So I was like, whatever. Like, I'm just going to be happy right now, you know? And so I drove home. I parked my car. And then something tells me to look at the passenger seat. And guess what I saw? I saw my earpods, yo, like, you don't understand, bruh. I was so happy. Like, I was like, wow, God, I passed the test. 
Like I was literally just focused on his presence. And when I was focused on his presence, I didn't hear anxiety. I didn't hear fear. I didn't hear nothing like that. All I heard was his joy. All I heard was his peace because I was focused on what he wanted me to do. I was so happy, yo. Like a tear literally rolled down my eyes. I was like, thank God, yo. Like, hallelujah. <sighs> okay. So I'm going to stand up for this one because it's a little heavy. <laughs> I might just fall. So um, I also came here tonight to tell you and to share with you all about my testimony and about the love of God. So I'm going to start all the way in the beginning, okay? I like painting a picture when I'm talking about stories. I don't know. I just want you guys to get like every detail, whatever. So I grew up in a home with my sister. It was me and my sister, my mom and my dad, just the four of us. You know, like, I was like always a daddy's girl. Like, I remember when I was young. I remember when I was young, I would look at my dad and I just wanted to like hug him and kiss him. You know, like, I don't know, something about your daddy's love, you know, it just does something to you. And we were, you know, like a, I guess we were a jolly family, but not really because I didn't really know what was going on behind closed doors. I need some water, hold on. So the happy moments that I had perceived actually turned into like moments where I would just find myself crying because my dad, he was like so abusive to my mom. Like I remember, I remember my mom just like crying out, you know, like my dad would just like hit her and abuse her. Not only would he like physically abuse her, he would like, um, what is it called? Verbally abuse her, you know, call her stupid, blah, 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 like, oh my gosh. I remember just being so sad, like, whoa, like, the image that I had of my dad was just shattered, like, how could you, like, you know, like, you're supposed to be daddy, like, why are you hitting my mom, like, why are you hitting mommy, and I remember my sister and I, you know, we were so young, I remember us just, like, fighting for my mom, so, like, we began to carry that burden for her, you know, she couldn't do nothing for herself because, you know, she loved this man. I remember, like, literally me and my sister would gang up on my dad, like, no, you're not about to hit her. You're going to have to get through the both of us. Even though we were, like, so small, we were like, nah, bruh, you're not about to hit her, like, over my dead body. Like, I remember hitting my dad, just, like, hitting him, like, not hitting, like, hitting him, yes, but, like, also hating him. Like, I was like, dang, bruh, like, you... You disgust me, like, I hate you, you know, like, bruh, like, why are you even my father? Like, I remember, like, thinking, like, why can't my mom just leave him? Like, why can't you just muster up the seed, like, the strength, I mean, to leave him? So then that hatred for my dad, also, I started, like, resenting my mom. Because I'm just like, bro, like, what are you doing, like... You know, like, I remember I would, like, call my dad, and he would try to, like, manipulate the story, like, oh, yeah, your mom didn't cook today because, because this and that. Like, he would try to make it seem like my mom was in the wrong when I saw with my own two eyes that you were literally, like, beating on her. Like, what are you talking about? So I, I was just, like, very disrespectful to my mom. Like, I didn't care anymore. I didn't care if they were my parents, yo. Like, I remember I would just, like, talk to them, like, that's, I guess, 
where my rebel would like came out. Like I was like, yo, I don't care, bro. Like ever since I laid my hands on my dad, I was like, bro, like I lost all respect for you, bro. Like you're nobody to me, bro. So with that um, came like mother and father wounds, you know, like I'm very thankful. Like when I look back at it, like my parents, you know, they did love me because of the fact that they provided a home for me and my sister. Like they left Haiti who, you know, like some of you may know or may not know, but it's not like the best place to live in right now because there's just so much going on. Literally somebody's dying like, like every second because of like jealousy or because of like stupid things. So I'm very thankful for them because of that. But like one thing I was missing was like their emotional love, you know? Like my dad really, like he never looked at me in the eyes and was like, I love you. He never called me beautiful or, you know, just made me feel like a princess or like I was daddy's girl, whatever. So I guess that's where like the rejection come in. And like, I don't know, growing up, like I would see kids and they would be with their parents, you know, like my best friends, they would talk about how like every time they would be on the phone with their parents, their parents would be like, I love you and just saying these sweet things to them. And I'm like, yo, like, I wish I had that, you know, like my dad doesn't say that to me. My mom doesn't say that to me. And so I just became very, very, very hurt. And so, so I was dealing with like daddy and mother wounds, insecurities. I didn't really feel love. Like I didn't have that emotional love. I was just going through a lot. And my little brother, he had came from Haiti. My little brother, we are half siblings. Like my dad, literally, anyways, I'm not trying to like be, I'm not trying to put his business out there, but he literally just like had other kids. Like he was basically cheating on my mom and whatnot. And that's why my mom would be crying every night and she still stayed with him. But one day, this is where it gets like, because uh, when God told me to tell this story, I was like, Jesus. But you know what? I'm going to do it because, you know, God is going to be glorified through me. So one day, me and my little brother, we did something. Yeah. So me and my little brother, we actually committed the, um, the, an act. I guess you could call it incest. So we had indulged in that. And I remember so vividly when that happened. It's like God was trying to talk to me, but I didn't want to listen. Like there was literally lightning outside. Like so many thoughts were going through my mind. I'm like, bro, what am I doing? But then like, sorry, this was back then, y'all. So I'm just going to share with you what I was feeling back then. But then I was like, yo, I want this or whatever. So we did what we did. And then... Bro, like when that happened, so many doors were open in my life, yo. Like that gave the enemy doors, you know what I mean? So many like leverage over me. After that happened, I began to like experience condemnation. Like, bro, like you are disgusting. Like your brother, really your brother out of all people. Like, you know what I mean? Like I was just experiencing like, whew, Lord. 
It was just like a lot. Like I hated myself. I began to hate my little brother because I'm like, bro, like, you know, why didn't you stop this? You know, I didn't take the responsibility for my own actions. Like I literally resented this dude. And like, uh, it was just, it was a lot. So, so now I'm like going through my adolescence years carrying this guilt carrying this shame and like I just hated myself I was just so insecure I began to indulge in like porn I began to indulge in like masturbation you know like it was just it was a lot Okay, so because I didn't have my father's love, I began to try to find love in other things. So, like, I remember growing up, like, my best friend, like, she would look at me and she would be like, I love you. And I don't know, for some reason, like, I didn't feel that love. I'm like, okay, like, it was just worse to me, you know. And like my high school years, like I was just so depressed, yo, like super depressed. Like I so badly wanted somebody to like hug me and be like, yo, like it's okay. The mistake that you did, like it's okay. Like forgive yourself and move on. But I was just too afraid. You know, like I was afraid of what people were going to think of me. I was afraid of what they were going to say to me, you know, like, bruh, like, you know, whatever they were going to say, like, I was going to believe it. If they were going to say, like, you're disgusting, I was going to be like, yo, you're right. Like, I am. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just didn't have that confidence. And I remember so vividly that one day I was just in my bed like crying out to God like I was like God like I don't want to live anymore bro like just take my life away man like you know like I'm filthy I'm this and I'm that bro like just take it away and I remember talking to my little brother I was like bro you better pray for me because I'm about to go kill myself I'm about to do this and that and I thank God for him because he actually did and I didn't do nothing to myself that night but um, and my suffering, that is where I met God. That's where I like developed that relationship with God. Because every single night, like when everybody was sleeping, I would be on the couch and I would just be talking to God, even though he didn't talk back to me. I remember telling him like, yo, like I want to live for you. I want to do this and that, you know, like I didn't really feel his love, but like I just knew that he was there. He was like next to me, like comforting me, you know. Like telling me that it's going to be okay, bro. Like, so that's where I fell in love with God because even like through my midst, like even though I was praying to Him, literally praying, like, God, take my life away, He did not take my life away. 
at all. And I'm just so thankful for that. Like, who would have thought, like, if I could go back to that girl, I would have been like, yo, one day you're going to be on the stage and you're going to be confessing about what you and your brother did. And like, you're not even going to feel anything because God already delivered you from that. God already delivered me from that. Like he says that there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus, that whatever it is that you are dealing with, it doesn't matter because his love, his love sustains you. Like, yeah, you feel like you're nothing. Yeah, you feel like you're just like living or like you're depressed, you're suicidal. Like he doesn't see that. He just sees his daughter. He just sees his son. And he's telling you right now that he loves you so much. And part two of my story continues. So... I knew God, but I didn't really, like, I read the word, but I would just be reading the Bible. Like, it wasn't like it was doing something in me. Like, you know what I mean? Um, I didn't really know his love like that. So throughout my high school, not my high school, my college years, I began to fornicate. Yo, I did not care about myself, bruh. Like, I remember, and my friends are here, they could tell you, like, I didn't, like, I would sleep with a guy who I just met the same day. Like, I was out here, like, just whatever. I remember, bruh, like, it's crazy. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Much like that, Samaritan woman, I was searching for something in these dudes. I was searching for somebody to love me. And honestly, those dudes, like, they can't love me the way that God is loving me right now. Like, we have a void in our hearts that only God can fill. Like, he literally placed it there. Um... Exactly this month, last year though, you know, like, before I say this, let me just say this, like, I've always wanted to be married, you know, like, growing up, I would even pray to God, like, bro, when are you going to give me my husband? When are you going to do this and that? When all along, it's like, God is my husband, you know, like, he is everything that I was searching for. He is my everything, but it didn't click to me yet. So I was in this relationship, bruh, like, this dude, he was not like the other dudes that I was with, or that I was, yeah, that I've been with. You know, like, he was showing me love. He was telling me all the things that I wanted to hear. Like, I know this, I knew this dude for like three months. And within like the first week, he was telling me that he loved me. And I was like, bro, you don't even know me. Like, how can you love me? <laughs> but I was searching for something. I was searching for love, so I fell for it. And I just remember, I remember just like, you know, instead of him, pulling me towards God he was pushing me away from God and although I wanted love but I don't like I never want to leave God's side like that is like my everything 
like, so when I started just thinking about what I was going through, like every single day, fall into fornication, and I would go home, like repent, and I would just feel like I was just so like, I was down and deep in this pit. And it's crazy because even when I was in that pit, like God was still in there with me. His word says in Isaiah chapter 63, verse 9, that even in our sufferings, he is suffering with us. So this dude who supposedly loved me, I found out later that he actually didn't love me. Like this dude, anyways, basically he abused me like physically, like rape basically, he raped me. And I was like, yo, Louise, like what are you doing, bruh? Like, get up, dog. And what got me out was God's word basically. Every single day, even though I was in fornication, I would just repeat to myself that the righteous man falls down seven times and gets back up. And that's literally what kept me going. I was literally on the road, on the highway, like crying, just like, God, just please, just like get me out of this thing, bruh. And he was holding on to me like the whole time, like, bruh, like I'm going to show you love, that love that you're, like, you're looking for and these dudes, like I'm going to fulfill every crevice of your heart. And I'm just so thankful because I'm standing here today and I'm free. I'm free, y'all. Like, I'm free. Like, I don't chase after these dudes anymore. Like, I chase after my father. When I'm lonely at night, I don't go and call Jacob. No, I call on the name of Jesus. I'm like, Jesus, I'm lonely. Please help me. And he comes in, and he just sweeps me out of off my feet. And he caresses me. He tells me that he loves me. And he kisses me. And it just fulfills me. Like, it fulfills me. It's like a different fulfillment than what these dudes were, like, giving to me, you know? It's like a pure, like a love. So tonight I stand in front of you all, believing in my Father's words, believing that I am more than a conqueror. And this is not only for me, this is for all of you. Like you are more than a conqueror. You are wonderfully and fearfully made. You're the child of the Most High King and he loves you dearly. I don't know what you're searching for. I don't know what your mind is focused on, but I know that there is a man and his name is Jesus and he loves you so much, more than words will ever like could tell, like so much so that 20,000 years ago, he came on this earth, he walked on this earth, he experienced life so that he could be close to us. And he died on the cross for each and every single one of us. And literally every time he was getting slapped, every time he was getting humiliated, your name was on his mind. Like he had an image. He was like, daughter, I am doing this for you. Son, I am doing this for you so that you could know how much I really, really love you. And he's not dead, he's alive. 
He's still walking. He's actually here tonight. And he's a, I could just feel him just embracing us. Father, I thank you so much for your love. God, he wants us to know him. According to Hosea chapter 6, verse 6, it says, he doesn't want us to offer sacrifice. He wants us to know him. Like he wants a relationship with him. The Holy Spirit, like the word of the Lord says, I don't remember exactly what um, verse this is, but it says that the, like picture the beach, right? Literally, you know, the grains of the sand, like God thinks about you more than that. Like constantly he, he has you in his mind. He's like, yes, my daughter's awake today. Like literally every single time I wake up, I just feel him so happy. Like, good morning, beautiful. Like just telling me, like just embracing me. And that's how he is with like all of us. Like he wants us to have a relationship with him. He wants us to like talk to him. Like it doesn't have to be something like radical or whatever, even a simple thing like hi God like today I had a bad day like he just wants to hear from us Romans 10 verse 9 it says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved that's all it takes like God literally already did everything for us he already conquered every single thing that you're dealing with right now. He already conquered it. Like he took, he went to hell and he told the devil to run him one. And he literally conquered everything for us. Whatever you're struggling with today, I just want you to know that you are going to be delivered. Because I'm standing here like more than a conqueror like I don't masturbate anymore I don't watch porn anymore like I'm not chasing these dudes like I'm free I'm free this decision is by far the most important decision of your life if you were to die today where do you think you would end up because there is a heaven and there is an earth. If there's anyone in here who would like to dedicate their life to Christ, please slip your hand up. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you because all of us in this room know you. We believe in you. Jesus died so that I can encounter his love. Thanks for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who generously support this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. Join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. You can give by visiting us at livechurch.miami. Thank you for listening and remember to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this one.